This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Ariana Rehack of Matchbox Virtual. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. You have a fascinating story. You started your first business at seven years old. Yes. <laughs> I guess uh, that was the first time uh, when I self-identified as an entrepreneur. Um, at the time, I didn't, I didn't feel that I had any, uh, anything that I could make yet or sell. So what I started to do was rent out my things. So I, I set up a little shop in, in front of my home. Um, and it was called very cleverly rent it, you know, right on the nose. And so I was renting out my art supplies to my neighbors. Now I got to ask if you're renting an art supply, theoretically, if you rent me your paint, I could, you don't get the paint back. Like I going to use up some of it. Well, I didn't have to worry about that depreciation because I didn't sell anything. Ah, well, that's <laughs> it, awesome. it, was, it was my first failed venture. I made uh, one, one of my neighbors handed me a dollar because she thought I was cute. And uh, when my mom heard about this, she was like, no, this was not earned money for goods and services. You will go return that dollar. So no, it was, uh, it was a failed venture, unfortunately. Well, we've all got a few of those under our belt. Let's go a little bit closer. Um, how did Matchbox Virtual get started? So um, we launched, we're, we're a company that uh, uh, produces virtual event experiences. So we work uh, primarily with associations. 
And uh, this was a company, so we started it two and a half years ago. So we were in business for a year before COVID hit. So uh, as you can imagine, our, our demand significantly increased, you know, right, right place at the right time. But uh, the problem that we were seeking to solve actually was a little bit different than uh, what, what people started to hire us for. I, I was working at a previous uh, organization that was a digital publication and online community. And um, in, in, that, uh, uh, in that world developed a virtual conference for that community. And it was proving to be, so these virtual conferences were designed uh, for large scale problem solving. So bring a group of people together who are passionate about the same thing or, or trying to solve similar challenges. Uh, host conversations with these groups, and then actually look at the data of the conversations that emerged and turn those into resources back available to the community. So it was about capturing the collective knowledge. So the first ways that we were being used uh, when, when we launched Matchbox were a lot of change management events, actually. It was like uh, working with associations who were dealing with a, a major industry challenge and bringing their members together to really talk about uh, the implications of the future and kind of co-create with their communities what that means. And so a lot of the value was in this data output uh, that was emerging out of these events. You know, we were learning to, uh, what questions to ask at the right time to get all this input. Um, but to do those well, we had to be able to uh, mechanics-wise run a very good show. And uh, so then when COVID hit, people were calling us up saying, okay, help us take this large conference that we had planned face-to-face -face and make it work uh, virtually. So that's a whole different ball game. And tell us a little bit about the transition and how you were kind of able to facilitate those things. Yeah, so it was uh, it was insane. It's this big blur. I have like these moments, these like poignant memories along the way to keep me grounded in, in that. But, uh, you know, we were a team of uh, about five uh, full time. And uh, the when the South by Southwest conference got canceled, that was on a Friday. And that really signaled in our uh, in our world that um, everything was about to change because I remember my inbox uh, was blowing up with messages, basically like, "Can you can you help us?" And uh, and so that weekend, I just sat on my couch, staring at the wall uh, for two days, kind of thinking through the implications of it all. And uh, you know, one of the one of the big themes was uh, recognizing that we were about to grow very quickly. You know, how do we maintain the the really positive company culture that we had? But the other, of course, was practically speaking, how do we scale? You know, what are the choke points, um, etc. And so we we within the course of seven eight months, we went from five employees to fifty. And of course, this was all a remote team that we were building at this point. Um, so uh, it was definitely, every, every stage has had uh, significant challenges. Now, that's one heck of a growth rate, especially remotely. How do you preserve your culture? How do you manage? How do you do all of, how, how did you recruit and hire and train? How did all of that happen? So one of the things that we're uh, kind of lucky to have going for us is that uh, one of our roles in the virtual space is uh, with, with these events that we do is um, creating strong senses of community among the people uh, who are coming together. And so honestly, we were, so my, my background, I was running this online community and actually a lot of the principles I found were, uh, were very relevant. And so one of the, the best things we did, for example, uh, we hired somebody who was a community manager 
uh, internally. She did, she did other things. She did things related to the events, but one of her main purposes was um, to make sure that, uh, that our, our, our community of, of staff were uh, interacting, were cross-collaborating, et cetera. Um, the other major thing that was valuable for us is we developed a, uh, a pod structure. So um, putting together teams of three who as a team, they were held accountable to outcome um, and, and could determine amongst themselves what the division of labor was because it was all kind of competent generalist work. And so what happened with these teams of three is that they developed these very strong bonds at a time you know, where inherently the world was very isolated, um, but it actually also decreased the management need because the three of them were very effective problem solvers uh, as a unit. So I think that that's been one of the major things uh, going for us as we scaled. That is incredible. Now, obviously there's a big difference between an in-person event and a virtual event. And the first virtual events, you know, back when this started happening were, hey, let's just throw everybody on Zoom. I know you're providing one heck of a much better experience. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's going to depend significantly on um, the, the type of event and the desired outcome. Um, but a, the, a lot of the events that, uh, that we were doing were in the continuing education space. So um, these were sessions that, uh, so let's say CPAs, for instance, they're attending because they're receiving continuing education credits. Uh, so the first kind of level of, of session that we needed to master was uh, these education sessions. And what we're finding is that they actually do better virtually than face-to-face -face because the notion of being, you know, a, a speaker in front of the room with their PowerPoint presentation, you know, you look around and people are, are quickly doing other things. And so um, the model that we have, uh, that we have virtually works very well. Um, the big nut to crack has definitely been the category of virtual networking, which I will put in quotes. Um, and so that's something that, that we actually, uh, particularly in the last, I would say, eight months, have really focused on. Um, we, we wanted to solve this problem with our community. So we actually developed um, what we call the virtual networking incubator. This was something we did in partnership with someone. And so what we did is we, we put it out. We had no idea what the, the uh, reaction would be. We put it out into our, uh, into our industry and said, we're starting this incubator. If this is a problem that your organization is looking to solve, come join. We're going to learn about a bunch of methodologies. We're going to test out tools. Um, and we're going to uh, look at, at different ways of approaching this. And so we, uh, our goal was 100 uh, people applying to be part of the incubator. We had over 200. And uh, basically once, you know, the, there were six gatherings, once every two weeks, we'd bring this group together. And so they were, it was very meta because we were using ourselves as our own test subjects. You know, could this group successfully network together trying these different methods? Um, so at this point, you know, when I'm, uh, I, I, can, I can speak for myself in, in event design. If somebody comes and says, okay, uh, we want an event designed for uh, employee engagement, you know, we have 200 staff who live around the world and we want one day to really uh, bring those, this group together cohesively. The way that we're designing that virtually is really looking at the human interaction arc. You know, it's like, first you want to start with the full group and do some icebreaker activities. And those activities are going to make people more comfortable sharing meaningfully later down the road. And you want to put some fun things in there to liven things up, but you also want to use this opportunity to crowdsource knowledge from your very smart staff. So 
Um, so our, our design has definitely become uh, more sophisticated as we, we, we realize that certain um, activities or interactions are momentum builders for, for something uh, later on in the day. Absolutely. I mean, you launched ahead of the curve. You were open before COVID hit. Um, what inspired you to start in the first place? Well, um, honestly, it was because of the success of, uh, in, in the previous organization that I was running, uh, the success of these virtual conferences. I mean, we had uh, attendees who were giving these like really powerful testimonials about their experiences, um, saying that it was, uh, and a, a lot of them actually saying that it was better than face-to-face -face conferences that they had attended. And so I was trying to understand why that was the case. And what I realized was that the um, approach that we were taking with these events was leading to uh, successful relationship building. That when people were coming together because they were trying to solve similar challenges or because they were passionate about the same things, that networking was proving to be a byproduct. And so some people, uh, especially if they are um, uh, geographically dispersed, right? There aren't that many people in their uh, locale who are passionate about the same things. We're, we're reacting very strongly to this. And so our Matchbox's tagline is uh, connection, uh, sorry, <laughs> conversations that matter, connections that last. And it is, it is that tie that, that uh, um, is the philosophy that launched this, is, is bring people together about what they care about and the, the networking will be a byproduct. Now, how do you, you mentioned obviously the exponential growth rate you had since every, everything went virtual. How, as things, as events start to happen now in person, um, how do you change with the times? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And uh, certainly right now, our, our uh, industry is kind of taking a collective breath trying to figure that out. We can absolutely tell that's what's going on. People are saying, what does face-to-face, -face, what does virtual, and, and what does hybrid look like moving forward? Um, the piece that I am I'm hoping will emerge into the future is uh, this last year and a half has been this massive experimentation for people. And uh, there's been a lot of learnings around uh, what works well virtually and even better than face-to-face -face, uh, in some cases. And so really the, my excitement around the future is that now the world has, is more receptive to virtual. You know, our first year, that was the big challenge that uh, our clients were facing was how do we even convince people to show up to these things. Uh, but now I, uh, I think that there is, is um, that receptivity has changed and there are so many interesting things that can be unlocked virtually that wouldn't be possible face-to-face. -face. And kind of the, the category that, that I um, find myself leaning into the most are co-creation opportunities, you know, bringing people together and, and working together to build something. Uh, and, and there's so much the data, for instance, that is uh, available virtually um, that, uh, uh, that we just don't see any other way. That makes a lot of sense. With all the success you've had, I mean, what's what's your biggest challenge now? Uh, yes, my my biggest challenge is um, projecting into the future. Um, everything that uh, this this last year and a half has been very reactive. You know, we didn't have to uh, we didn't have to do any marketing, honestly, because. Um, the demand was so high. And so everything that we were doing was reacting to what was happening on the market. 
And so this is kind of the first time where I feel uh, that that we have the opportunity to take the reins and decide what happens moving forward. You know, there are uh, so many companies now that that in some ways do what we do. There are so many event platforms. There are so many production companies that pivoted to virtual. And so really realizing um, who we are and, and what we want to be in that space is, is honestly the, the current challenge. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Uh, the people that I'm doing it with. <laughs> uh, and that is the case. So there are levels of that. Um, there are the, the staff, the, the team that we built. Um, one of the things that uh, we look for in people that we're interviewing are people who get energy from making the world a better place. And you can tell the thing, you know, where when their eyes light up in, in interviews. And so we built this very passionate, excited team and, um, uh, and, and people that use we language, you know, so it is a very collaborative way of problem solving. Um, so that's on the team level. Uh, as far as our clients go, you know, we work primarily with uh, nonprofit associations, and these are folks who um, their, their entire job is, is convening people meaningfully. And so, um, and we work in very passionate, uh, industries and, and honestly learn a lot of random things as a result. We've done a welders association event. We've done things in education and pulp and paper, all sorts. Um, and so just learning, getting a window into these worlds and, and meeting people who are passionate about these things that you may have never even knew existed um has uh, is is why i love what i do <laughs> that is absolutely incredible i know you're a voracious learner what are some of the best books you've ever read ah that's a good that's a good question um the i would say the books that have had the biggest influence on me um one of them is mindset have you read uh carol dweck yes mindset yeah, um, that that would almost be the my recommended first read uh, because I feel like it for me it impacted so many things uh, kind of the lens that I um, uh, went through the rest. Um, otherwise, I have my I have my bookshelf right in front of me and now I'm I'm tempted to uh, to take a look. Um, I read a lot of uh, business books and then uh, I started to to pivot more into. Um, uh, I would say more broadly books that teach me about human nature. Um, I think that that, that is, those are the, the page turners for me. If I can, if I can learn a little bit more about uh, humanity, then, then actually it's going to make me better in my work. Absolutely. I would agree a hundred percent with that for our folks who are watching or listening. Um, what is, I mean, you're giving advice every day. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Uh, so the best advice I've gotten has been uh, to seek out mentors. Um, one of the things that uh, I've been very lucky to have, uh, and, and it was the nature also of the work that I was doing because I was running, I, I was running an online community of, uh, and, and those community members were leaders of their organizations. And so I got the chance to meet a lot of uh, incredible people and, and people I, I still keep in touch with. Um, now. And so uh, I, I remember getting the piece of advice of um, putting together the, the way it was expressed was your personal board of directors. And so for me, if I, you know, there have been points in, in this uh, journey where I've had to solve a problem that was completely foreign to me of how to do that. 
And so uh, one of the things that I will do is I will go and ask the advice of at least five people who I respect, who think very differently from each other and um, kind of taking their collective um, advice, I'll then sort of figure out the path of, of what to do next. And so, but those relationships need to be cultivated um, and also with zero expectation of, of gain um, uh, along that way. So that, that would be my advice is seek mentors. Uh, that's great advice for our folks who are watching and listening and might want to learn more about what you're doing and how they can work with you. Where is the best place for them to go to learn more? So certainly, uh, if you're interested in, in uh, what Matchbox does, our website is uh, matchboxvirtual.com. Uh, if you're interested in reaching out to me, I'm always happy to, uh, to talk to new people. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm sure the, the spelling of, the na of my name will be in the notes um, and uh, happy, to, happy to talk to you. Absolutely. Well, we will send them both to LinkedIn and to matchboxvirtual.com. Um, we greatly appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks everybody for watching or listening and we'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text pitch to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>